And welcome to Detention for the politics and news edition of yep. the Detention Podcast. Joining us this week, we have DUI Kimmy, the CBS News Channel, Uber and Lyft, and then the Highland Park Shooter's father for this week. All right, then. A little bit more diverse. Speaking of Uber, I actually saw a dude ordering an Uber as he was leaving the gym. So I asked him, do you even lift, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Very topical. (laughs) Uh, I thought about driving for Lyft at one point. Yeah. But I just went with Uber instead. (laughs) I don't know why or what any particular reason was. Because you don't lift. I don't lift. You're right. I just don't anymore. All right. So we want to start off this week talking about DUI Kimmy, uh, mainly because uh, she is now officially endorsing Ron DeSantis as the Republican candidate for uh, president this coming election cycle, so 2024. Um, we didn't really read too much in it. We just saw that it was announced shortly before we started recording. Um, I have the CNN politics news article open, so I can kind of go through it a little bit. Um, do you have much to say on it just to start off? Uh, besides the fact that I dislike both of these individuals, um, the main thing that I really just wanted our listeners to hear is that I hate when it's like governors endorse candidates because whether or not they're saying it, it kind of infers that our state is behind this person. Yes. And I am not behind Ron DeSantis. I'm not behind my own government. Honestly, I don't like Kim Reynolds even slightly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's kind of putting it out there that Iowans are behind you, Ron DeSantis. No, I'm fucking not. I'm really not. I'm trying to remember where I was, but I made my DUI Kimmy joke asking somebody... What does she have more of, college dropouts or DUIs? Trick question. She has two of both. Right. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but they were, they were surprised to hear that. Oh, I know where I was. I was at work. I was talking to a coworker you about it. School. I was at Well, it wasn't school because we didn't have technically school on the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. But it was about. at work and another coworker uh, was talking about Kim Reynolds for something. So I just made that joke to her. And she was like, oh, I honestly don't know. I said, would you be surprised to learn that it's both, twice for both? She's like, wait, she dropped out of college twice? And I said, yeah. And is that the least concerning part? (laughs) (laughs) Or is it that she had two DUIs? Or is it also that she was a, um, what is it, not accountant for a, a county, Oh. A treasurer. Auditor. Auditor. A county auditor, but she failed her statistics class in college. Like, okay. Yeah. Just to go back on that, because I love dragging her name whenever I can. Yeah. Because she's not qualified for a job. No. Um, the article that I'm reading says that, you know, initially we even mentioned this too. She says she was going to be kind of neutral in the GOP primary race, not really going to select which candidate she was backing. Obviously, she's officially backing DeSantis. Um, he will be at a pre-rally or a pre-debate rally in Des Moines to this Monday night, this past Monday night, apparently. Um, she will also join DeSantis at the time of a recording this. It'll be Tuesday. So the day have already been passed. It would have been yesterday for a meet and greet in Davenport, Iowa. I don't know. It, it the, to me, 
it sounds like she is putting in her support for him potentially to be considered as a running mate for him. Oh, I have no doubt. I don't see why she would want to make the statement of I'm going to remain neutral and then come out and just support not even really the front runner anyway. But obviously she has fallen out of grace with Trump for her statements after the 2020 election and with her continuously kind of going against some of the things that he's promoted since he's left the office. So I'm sure she feels like there's no other candidate that would have an opportunity besides Trump other than DeSantis. Which is probably true. Which is probably true. I mean, there's like, I saw an interview with Chris Christie. He's a former lawyer. So I guess he has some knowledge of how the legal system works and the different charges that are against Trump. But he was making uh, the statements in an interview saying that Trump is finished. Like the information and the investigation, the stuff that's coming against him for his felony charges are like insurmountable. He's just delaying it as much as he can. He will be found guilty on one, if not most of these federal charges. So he cannot be the next presidential candidate or the next president. Obviously there's actually nothing barring felons. True. There is, there is nothing barring felons from running, but I would think that the Republican party would have enough wherewithal to be like, well, we're not going to have a convicted felon run as our main party candidate. Imagine if they did though. It would, I mean, I would not necessarily be surprised, but because they're just so fucking crazy. I mean, we talked about how they just put in the new speaker who is like a complete evangelical right-wing fanatic that who knows what they're willing to do now. But it does not seem like he would be the candidate, which would fall to whoever is technically second or third or potentially fourth in the running, which from my understanding, it's DeSantis, Haley, and uh, Ramaswamy. Those are the other three. Tim Scott dropped out. Uh, Tim Scott's, I mean, he didn't drop out. He's just not that popular. Yeah. Did you see, here's something else, side tangent. Did you see one of his new political ads Tim that, Scott? He, that he's running in Iowa? I think once. I don't really remember what it is. He is saying that he has the battle scars from fighting liberals. And the, the points that he uses as like battle scars of like fighting liberals are not even like contests of like, I did this to help stop the woke agenda and whatever he mentioned in that specific example is like, okay, that's not much of a praise to you. The other one was that he was called and he said this in his own campaign. He's like, even people on the left who have called me the N word uses that in his actual political ad. Uh huh. Now my thing that I immediately told my fiance is, you do realize you're saying this to the people that want to call you the N-word. Right. So you could just say it if you want to. (laughs) They can't. But you're just trying to promote saying, oh, yeah, they tried being racist against me. Meanwhile, the people you are on the side of are legitimately Racist. racist. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you actually know the majority of Democrats or liberals, um, we're the ones who really don't like using that word. Yeah. So I can't really imagine a true Democrat or liberal who would actually call you the N-word. In a in a derogatory sense like that? Yeah. I don't know anyone who would actually really say it unless it's like quoting a song. 
true. But even in that case, if you, I would say most people who are progressive wouldn't even want to say it, even if it's quoting a song. Yeah. Again, who knows? You make a lot of claims and political ads. I just thought that was a funny one. I was just like, I don't think you understand where you're at, bud. Nope. You're preaching to the wrong crowd. Him choir here. And Vivek are both very much in the same line of thinking as Clarence Thomas, where they just don't understand how they got to where they are. They just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know virtually nothing about Tim Scott besides the fact that he was governor. Yes. Of a state? South Carolina. And was he? did he ever serve in Congress at all? I can't remember. Yes. I think he was a senator, too. Okay. It's, yeah, I, the policies that I'm sure he would want to get rid of or change would adversely affect um, him in all kinds of ways. Uh, not to be too weird about this, Cody is showing me something on his phone, <laughs> and I couldn't tell what you're pointing at here. The bottom one. The bottom one, from Bleacher Report. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? What game is that? Uh, Samford. Samford versus Purdue. Oh, gotcha. Uh, this guy... Th- I, this obviously has nothing to do with news for the, politics, yeah, but I think the, it's funny. For the tip-off? The the tip-off is the reigning player of the year, seven foot four Zach Eady, and he's tipping off a guy uh, against a guy who is five foot eight. So that's their tallest man on their team? Uh, that's their jump man, Or the guy that's got the biggest hops? Either that or they just don't care. <laughs> I mean, you're going against Purdue in a small school like that. I'm sure it's like, whatever. Yeah. We're going to get... We're getting paid to get our ass kicked. Yeah. We're okay with it. Yep. I'm sure. Anyway, back to news and politics. Yep, back to news and politics. Um, yeah. DUI Kimmy backing Ron DeSantis. I mean, we've talked about how she's basically implementing most things that he's tried to do. We are Northern Florida. We are Northern Florida. We are the armpit of the Midwest. So it's whatever. (laughs) She's obviously doing it to complete, to continue to further her political career. Oh yeah. It's not much else. It's not for Iowans first. It's for Kimmy first, but it's always Kimmy first. Next news story that we want to talk about. There is going to be a new host of the, Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, the uh, show that is after the Stephen Colbert show on CBS. Uh, It's going to be officially called After Midnight. So it's going to be officially called. It's based off of the At Midnight show that used to run on Comedy Central with Chris Hardwick, where it was like a comedian, somewhat game show, where they just make jokes the entire half hour or whatever. The host of the show is stand-up comic Taylor Tomlinson, and she'll take over the time slot after the late show with Stephen Colbert on CBS. Uh, Colbert will be a executive producer on the show, and the show will officially be scheduled to start in 2024. Uh, Tomlinson first rose to fame in her breakout 15-minute Netflix special in 2018, where her and a bunch of other comics run like this small little show that they had where they each had 15 minute sets. Uh, since then she's had two full length specials on Netflix and she has another one scheduled to release this coming February. She's currently on tour. So that's why the show is going to be postponed till 2024. Um, but I'm kind of happy about it. She becomes the, not only the only woman in late night television as of right now, but she's also the youngest at age, uh, 29. 
So yeah, she's hilarious. Honestly. She is really funny. The fact that she again in 2018 was when she first kind of got her name out there and known. So in the span of five years, she went from being a opener to middle act to now having her own late night, not syndicated but television show on a major network. That's pretty impressive. So all the power to the to the women on that one. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend a lot of people check her comedy out. I think a cousin of mine went and saw her sometime this past year and said she's phenomenal live. Oh, I bet. So um, I don't know if she's ever toured anywhere close to Cedar Rapids or Iowa City or not. I haven't really looked, to be, to be honest. If I would have known, I would have gone. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of Cody's intro joke, his dad <laughs> joke, the next news story focuses on Uber and Lyft in a lawsuit that was recently settled with the state of New York, where both Uber and Lyft have agreed to pay a combined $328 million for withholding money from their drivers. Uber is responsible for paying for $290 million, and then Lyft is going to be paying the rest of the $38 million. Uh, the New York Attorney General, Latita James has called this the largest wage theft settlement her office has ever litigated. The money will be distributed to cheated drivers who will get back pay along with mandatory sick pay leave and other benefits. Uh, It was reported that from 2014 to 2017, Uber deducted sales taxes and uh, their black car fund fees from driver payments when those taxes and fees should have been paid by passengers. So how this kind of works out is that Uber misrepresented the deductions made to drivers pay in their terms of service, telling drivers that Uber would only deduct its commission from the driver's fare and that drivers were, quote, entitled to change or charge the passenger any tolls, taxes, or fees incurred, though there was no method to do this on the actual Uber driver app. Lyft found to be doing something very similar, doing the same time frame with their drivers, so that's why they're also lumped in on the settlement. Uber and Lyft also failed to provide drivers with paid sick leave available to employees under New York City and New York State law. Uber and Lyft agreed to an earnings floor, which guarantees drivers across the state are paid a minimum rate. I'm assuming if you're a full-time driver, they're not just going to give that to like me if I did it two times or three times a month. Uh, Drivers outside of New York City will receive a minimum of $26 per hour for full-time driving, and then drivers will earn one hour of sick pay for every 30 hours worked up to 56 hours per year. So at least some benefits. Obviously, New York being a very big city, I would think that Uber and Lyft make a whole bunch of money out of those larger cities like Chicago and Los Angeles and stuff. So I'm sure there'll probably be more lawsuits coming from other major cities, but it's always good to see that, you know, major corporations still fucking over their workers and trying to get as much money as possible. Um, it never ends, dude. Well, no, it never ends, <clears throat> especially when they're telling them, Oh, you as a driver were entitled to charge your passengers extra money based off of different fees or tolls that you had to personally pay. We just didn't tell you how to do that, and there was no place for you to do it on our app. So so it's like, yeah, that that's frustrating because 
as someone who's driving, you're frustrated that you have to fund all that. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that you don't even get the option to do it, even if you know you could. Yeah. You're asking yourself, how am I even allowed to? You know, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I used to drive for Uber. It's pretty nice. I've kind of thought about doing it again, but... Charge those fees, dude. What? Charge those fees. Charge those fees. Well, again, I think this is more for people who do it full-time as like an actual job job. And I only did as like a, I guess, college job to help pay for alcohol. So, you know. Do you want money for when you picked me up? No. Okay. I don't. I don't charge my friends. Uh, well, thank you. <clears throat> I do have my Uber lights still, though. <laughs> The next news story deals with the Highland Park shooter and his dad. So Robert Cremo Jr., who is the father of the suspected Highland Park shooter, Robert Cremo III, uh, has pled guilty to seven counts of reckless conduct for signing off on a firearm owner's identification card, um, also known as FOID. Uh, Robert Cuomo or Cremo the third, so the son, was accused of killing seven people and injuring dozens of others in a mass shooting that happened in 2022 during the Fourth of July parade in Chicago, in the suburb of Highland Park. Cremo the third was 19 at the time and was too young to get a FOID card on his own. And the state of Illinois has required people ages 18, 19, or 20 to have a parent or guardian authorized on those cards. So. <clears throat> his dad, Cremo Jr., um, initially signed off on his son getting that specific firearms authorization card and has made it clear that in the past he has bought guns that he then gifted to his son in his name, but he says that has no connection to the shooting, uh, specifically just the fact that he was able to get his son a, a legal authorization card that allowed his son to then buy a gun and then shoot people essentially uh cremo jr will serve 30 days in jail and will have two years probation after pleading guilty to these charges cremo's lawyer george gomez told reporters that his client took the plea deal because cremo quote did not want his family to be more torn apart on the public stage than it is already is end quote uh, Cremo Jr. has pleaded not guilty to the charges that still face him of murder and attempted murder. I would say that's fair. I don't really think you can be held accountable for somebody else's actions. I, I can agree with that, too. He still has a uh, trial for those charges that's not been scheduled yet, it looks like. Uh, but, yeah, I couldn't see how him signing off on the authorization for his son to then buy guns at the age of 19 would necessarily fall on him for murder or right. attempted murder. I don't even see how it could be an accomplice, they wanted, right? An accomplice. I don't even see how they could even link it to like uh manslaughter. Right. Just because you did this thing for your son. And again, maybe he thought his son was worthy enough to have it. Uh, I don't know much else besides that. Well, I mean, I would think about it like this way too is, this dad probably wasn't, like, egging his son on to go kill people. Imagine the guilt he feels, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, it, it sounds like, and again, they he pled guilty to these because they said, well, you know what, we still live in the community. The community clearly knows what my family has done 
and I don't want to continue to cause more pain for the community, but then also because we're still here, we don't want to have to keep mm-hmm. making it a huge uh, thing for everybody. So I can see why uh, that he decided to plead guilty to him. The murder charges, I'm not quite sure of. That might take a little bit more research yeah. of, as to why maybe they want to have those charges against him. Direct thought is just I don't I don't see where that connects. But I also, again, like you just said, don't know the facts. True. Maybe Croy does. I'll have to ask. If Croy, you if you do know, leave a comment on this week's edition with the politics and news and let us know if you know anything about it. Or if you know them. <laughs> if you know them. Yeah. I can almost guarantee you he doesn't. I don't even know where Highland Park is in Chicago. Close to where he's at. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, maybe. Or at least where he used to be. I don't know if it's where he close to where he's at now. Okay. That's not Doc's people here, by the it, way. It's in a better area. Like, think of, like, Home Alone area, kind of. Like, it's a nicer is that, suburb. That's where your brother is? He was close at some point. Okay. I believe. Hmm. I also don't know. I just, Chicago's big. True. Chicago is massive. He talks about Chicago, and I'm like, yep. No <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I know where Michigan Avenue is. Yeah, I hope so. It's one right around the lake. That, and it's probably the biggest, most heavily densely populated street in all of chicago probably yeah yeah all right we want to get into surprise topics yeah i'll go first you've been talking a lot okay i just named mine oh dear (laughs) it's really short and sweet okay a deer crashed into a lingerie store in michigan and trashed the inside of the shop before finding its way back outside curvaceous lingerie (laughs) in lansing shared security camera footage on facebook showing the buck crashing through the glass and running wild through the store knocking over mannequins displays in the process the store's owner said the deer shattered multiple mirrors while sliding across the floor the deer eventually left through a door that was propped open the store's owner said no one was injured during the deer's visit but the store will be temporarily closed for cleanup and repairs okay do you think he was just looking for some edible lingerie? Either that or he wanted to spice it up with the dough that he had back home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, spice things up in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You said this happened where again? Uh, Lansing, Michigan. Okay. So pretty pretty far away. Still Midwest, though. Yeah. Um, I have family that live there. Yeah, I do have family that live there. So they probably heard about it. My surprise topic, Stolen Throne... Uh, Four men were charged over the theft of an 18-karat gold toilet from Blenheim Palace, which is a country mansion where British former Prime Minister and leader Winston Churchill was born in. Uh, The toilet was valued at 4.8 million pounds, or $5.95 million. The toilet is an art installation by Italian artist Maurizio Catalan. Catalan? Uh, at the Belham Palace called, quote, America, which is supposed to represent a sat- satirical version of how excessive wealth is bad. Very true. Yeah. So if anything, he's uh, putting middle finger up to Donald Trump for having a solid gold toilet. Does he really? Well, I mean, that's what Trump says he has, right? And Trump Tower is a gold toilet. I did not know that. You didn't know that? I did not know that. He says he has one. That's dumb. I doubt it's solid gold. Because if anything we know about Trump, it's lies. <laughs> so I'm sure it's not solid gold. It's probably porcelain with like gold paint. Probably. <laughs> Just wrapped. Yeah. Like a car wrap. <laughs> this one actually is legit 
uh, carat, 18 karat gold, like, like solid. Uh, the golden toilet was fully functioning, and prior to the theft, visitors could uh, use the exhibition and book a three-minute appointment to use it if they wanted to. So imagine that. At some point, Cody, we could have gone to England and toured this house and paid a reservation spot to, to shit, shit on a gold <laughs> toilet. I wish I knew this because I've been to England and that would have been a huge point of like, can we make a detour real quick? I got to take a shit. I got to take a shit. Also, it's at Winston Churchill's house. Oh, man. Uh, The Crown Prosecution Service said that it has authorized criminal charges against four men uh, believed to be the ages between 35 and 39 over the theft. They are accused of burglary and conspiracy to transfer criminal property. The removal of the toilet has caused, quote, significant flooding and damage to the building so far. Uh, Commissioner Matthew Barber told the BBC, quote, uh, will we ever see the toilet again? Personally, I wonder if it's in the shape of a toilet or, to be perfectly honest, if you have that large amount of gold, I think it seems likely that someone has already managed to dispose of it one way or another. So basically someone's already chopped it up and sold it. Or melted it down, yeah. Yep. Uh, seven people have been arrested so far in the investigation, but no one has actually been facing official charges against them at the time. But isn't that interesting? Solid gold toilet that you could have paid money to shit on. Yeah. That's why they, I mean, four people. Yeah. I think four people probably ripped it out and carried it off. Older people too. I mean, 35 to 39. That's nuts. Yeah. Yep. And the palace is destroyed because of water damage. Sheesh. Stealing a shitter and then shitting up the place. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of the politics and news edition of the detention podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at detention pod one, or you can send us an email at detention podcast one at gmail.com. You can listen to the detention podcast on anchor, Spotify and Apple podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.